Jesus tells us in the Bible of the parable of a merchant looking for fine pearls, and how this is similar to finding the kingdom of heaven. When you find the kingdom of heaven, your salvation is like a precious pearl. There is nothing more valuable than security for your soul. Just as in the parable when the merchant found just one pearl, he sold all he had to purchase it. This is Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. Jesus, Welcome to Precious Pearls Ministries Radio, where we share the Blessed Bible and the Blessed Hope. I'm Sister Dana Carter, your host. Today is September the 6th, 2018, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. I am blessed by your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ and to this podcast. We are on the Resilient Christian Radio Network on a worldwide stage for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for watching over us and for our families, Lord. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and thank you for this ability to be heard on this platform. I ask you, Lord, to speak through me all that you would have for your people to hear. I ask you, Lord, to show and share with them what your heart desire is concerning this message. I thank you for all that you have done, will be doing for us and all that you are doing right now in our lives. Manifest yourself, Lord, show yourself, and help us, Lord, to follow you more closely each and every day. Help us not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is as we see the date approaching. Give us discernment in these evil last days so that we will make we may be free from deception and cults and wrong teachings, Lord. Just give us a deep desire, hunger, and thirst for your word and for truth because you are the truth. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you are going to do in this message today. Where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst, and you are in the midst with us today, Lord. And I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I would like to ask you to pray for this ministry and station to continue to share the gospel. And if you would like prayer for anything, please email me at Precious Pearls Ministries Radio at rcrnetwork.com. It's Precious Pearls Ministries Radio at rcrnetwork.com. I would also appreciate if you would consider supporting this ministry so that we will be able to stay on the air and also supporting this station. Even if it's 99 cents a month, that would be such a blessing. So please pray about that and consider if you'd like to support this ministry in any kind of financial way. And let us get into the lesson. And please share this lesson with friends and family and play it over and over again. Bring out your Bible so that you'll be able to gather the truths that you hear because sometimes we may hear things and it goes in one ear and out the other basically so if we repeat things or if we write things down take notes and notate in our bibles that would be a big blessing so we can recall it later on and the first thing i want to talk about today is the internet whether it is a blessing or a curse there's a i think it's a song that was written before I get into that part, by a person named Augustus Toplady in 1740. Um, well, he was born in 1740, and he lived until 1778. And there is a there is a poem, I think it might be a song, like I said, and it's called Not to Ourselves We Owe. Not to ourselves we owe that we owe God are thine. Jesus the Lord our night broke through and gave us light divine. <laughs> 
The Father's grace and love this blessed mercy gave, and Jesus left the throne above, his wandering sheep to save. No more the heirs of wrath, thy sovereign love we see, and Father, in confiding faith, we cast our souls on thee. Our hearts look up to see the glory thou hast given, in spirit dwell where we shall be with Christ, thine heirs in heaven. With the adopted band, soon shall we see him there, with them and him in glory stand, and in his honor share. And that was by Augustus M. Toplady. As far as the internet is concerned, um, I remember a time when there was no internet. I'm 52 years old, and there was no internet when I was coming up. When I was growing up in the home, there wasn't any computers or things. So I'd like to ask you, and you could think this through, what is the internet to you? Is it your morning newspaper? There were several newspapers in circulation years ago. And ever since the introduction of the internet, many newspapers have gone out of business or have stopped paper delivery altogether. Is it your recipe book of savory dishes for your family or a social media portal for sharing news with your friends? When we would, when I was growing up, when we would share news with our friends, we would have to actually go visit them or call them on the phone. And there was also no cell phones when I was growing up. And we had a home phone attached to the wall, as many of you can relate to. Some people still have home phones, but many do not. And we would call each other, leave voicemail. After the implementation of the answer machine, we would leave voicemail messages for people. But when I was really young, there were no answering machines either. We would call people and they didn't answer. We just called them back or we actually got a busy signal on the phone. And I even recall that there were party lines where several people had to share a phone line. So it's a lot different from in the just short time I've been on this earth, how much technology has increased with internet being the main thing. Or is the, is the internet a monster trying to steal your soul? There are many myths about the internet due to lack of information and because of personal assumptions developed through the opinions and experiences of other people. But let's ask our first question and let's examine ourselves from a different perspective. What is the internet to you as a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you see the internet revolution from the biblical perspective? And how can you avoid some of the dangers of the internet? These are some of the questions that we'll try to answer in this hour. First off, we'll talk about how can the internet help me grow spiritually? It can help you grow spiritually through affordable and accessible resources. We all learn through different ways. Some prefer to read like I do. Others prefer to listen like you're doing here or watch a lecture or a ministry. I like to watch lectures and ministry things as well, but I just always love to read. If you could see my desk in my studio here in my, um, in my office, it is so full of ministry papers and my virtual assistant business papers and my business papers that you would automatically know that I love to read. Most of the biblically sound lectures and material is completely free 
online, which eliminates the cost hindrance of accessing Christian material that can build you up spiritually. In addition to reducing or eliminating the cost hindrance, the internet has made that material more easily accessible. Gone are the days when you cannot get a book because it's out of print or the bookstore has it on back order. You can find a book that you like on Amazon, order it with one click, and it will appear on your tablet or Kindle after a couple of minutes. For those of us who would prefer regular hard copy books, the internet still makes it easy to find the book you're looking for and order it online. There are also websites that have some rare books or out-of-print books that you may be able to find as well. Another aspect that is very useful is the portability of all this material. With smartphones and tablets accessing the internet, you can have access anywhere to volumes of books that won't fit in your normal suitcase or your bookcase at home. This can become really handy when you're commuting in a train and need to read the Bible or if you or you're having a discussion with friends about a specific verse and want to consult your favorite commentary or Bible dictionary. I've done that when people have asked me about a specific verse. I've used Google search and looked up my verse and it helped me to continue in the conversation. Also, you can fellowship on the Internet. If you've ever attended a virtual meeting, like on Zoom app or something similar, there are conferences and ministry meetings being streamed live on the Internet. Social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Vimeo has enabled all of us to share photos and news over the Internet. I encourage you to look up on Facebook and a ministry entitled Repentance Cry, Repentance Cry Ministries. That is a very strong, biblical, biblically sound ministry. And if you have any kind of biblical questions, you can go on their Facebook page and message them and ask the question. Shortly in the next coming weeks, the pastor from Repentance Cry will be a guest on this podcast speaking on repentance and what it really is. Hopefully it will be done next week based on his schedule. He is my personal pastor and his name is Aaron Brummett. On the Repentance Cry Facebook page, he also has a Twitter and also a YouTube account. I would consider um, sharing that with you a privilege because it is amazing how biblically sound this pastor's ministry is and he's a former atheist and without the internet I would have never met him or been a member of his church so I'm very thankful to the internet for that and when I'm unable to attend church due to illness or anything I watch the Facebook live recordings that he does so be listening in the weeks ahead and then he will be a guest speaker from this coming time and other ones to come. If there are any subjects that you would like for him and I to discuss, please let me know by email and I will make sure he addresses that in a future podcast. Sometimes there are things that we see in video that touch us. We get invitations to gospel or revival meetings and we get prayer requests from people online. There are many prayer groups on Facebook too. Many Christians use these social media tools for tighter fellowship across continents and for edification of saints in remote areas of the earth.
I'm so thankful for some of the brothers and sisters in Christ that I have met through online, through Facebook and Twitter and WhatsApp. And also, it's very helpful for gospel outreach, the Internet is. Brother Andrew from the Netherlands was known as God's smuggler for his great service in bringing Bibles across the Eastern European border, which was then known as the Iron Curtain. Near the end of the last century, the Iron Curtain disappeared and the Berlin Wall was destroyed. However, there are other walls and curtains, metaphorically speaking, existing around the world, especially in the Muslim world. Some of these walls are now falling apart because the gospel is reaching people across the Internet. Governments have devised different rules and controls to limit the spread of the outreach websites. But the technology is allowing everyone to access anything on the Internet. And this can be bad in some cases. There's also Bible study tools. Computer technology has provided numerous tools to help personal and group Bible studies, like the eSword is one of them. Many of those Bible study tools are available on the internet for easy access. For example, BibleGateway.com provides Bible translations in dozens of languages with search functions, audio Bibles, devotionals, and reading plans. YouVersion.com provides similar functions with more coverage for mobile devices. And I encourage you, if you have a smartphone, to put YouVersion on your phone. And you can read your Bible every day, and it will even remind you for your devotions each day to read. You can also find friends on there to share your devotions with. You can invite them to do a specific devotion together, and then you can share thoughts with each other on that. So you can do a topical word search in your smartphone for a specific word or phrase, look up a verse, and even find the original meaning in Hebrew or Greek using a Bible dictionary. Many of these tools, such as wordsearchbible.com, link a given Bible text to various Bible commentaries available online for you for free or for a small cost. All of these tools save time, but they do not eliminate the effort. A Bible study that would have taken Christians many hours 20 years ago can now be done in less than an hour. That said, we still need the motivation and desire to study the scriptures and dig for ourselves. The time saving should encourage us to do more frequent and deeper personal Bible studies for our building up and for the edification of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And also there are free Bible studies online. There are two schools that offer degrees in biblical education for free online. And if you would like the links to them, send me an email and I'll send you an invite to get the application for that. And you can earn your bachelor's degree in biblical studies for free, absolutely free online. And I will send you the information for the two schools and you can pick out which ones you like. I know some very good sound ministries that will help you in that. Also, one other ministry that I heavily recommend, highly I meant to say recommend, excuse me, is, I'll get the, it is called LAMP, L-A-M-P, LAMP, and Light Publishers. They have an excellent correspondence school. So you could do a search on them in Google and ask them for their, to enroll in their Bible school. It's LAMP and Light Bible Correspondence Course, and you can enroll in that, and they'll send you free lessons by mail, 
And this is not like a college degree, but the education is amazing in the Bible. And I'm currently a student and I have my student ID number and everything. And now I am in book two called Stepping Stones to God. And I highly recommend that. As far as how the internet can cause danger to your spiritual life, personal relationships. The introduction of social media had irreversible impact on our social life that will last and grow in the next generations. Like a true social club, joining a group or being a friend or follower to another person has its own impact on human behavior. According to a study conducted by the universities of Birmingham, Edinburgh, and the West of England, Oversharing photography on social media causes negative effects on real-life relationships. This is due to the fact that we do not anticipate who will look at our photos or news and how they will react. According to another study, social media websites are now contributing factors in divorces. I read of one case where a husband announced his divorce on Facebook. Research indicates that one in seven married individuals have considered divorce because of their spouse's postings on a Facebook or other online sites. As fallen human beings, we strive to get our self-worth from what people think of us. The larger number of likes we get for a posted picture gives confidence that we are loved or at least liked by many. But what happens if we do not get enough likes? That might cause us to feel alienated and isolated. As Christians, we are reminded by the Lord to stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? Isaiah 2.22 Our true worth is not coming from people who love us, but from the mighty God who created us and gave his son to redeem us. Another danger of social media is the fact not everyone is using it. You might start a conversation or an event in social media in a social media website and assume everyone will check it out and get informed. However, by doing that, you've already left out many of your brothers and sisters in Christ who might not have access to that website. And in that regard, they'll feel alienated. One can argue that in this age, everyone should have access to the Internet and social media. For that argument, we have the admonition of Paul to the Ephesians. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. The dangers of social media alienation can also apply to email discussions or blogging websites. We have to remember three things. Number one, these are just tools for us to use. Number two, our value is drawn from the Lord and we need to be inclusive of all of our brothers and sisters. Also, it can be addicting. Did you meet anyone with IAD? With the invasion of the internet, we now have individuals diagnosed with internet addiction disorder, also known as problematic internet use or compulsive internet use. According to the Illinois Institute for Addiction Recovery, Internet addiction is an impulse control disorder caused by emotional attachment similar to pathological gambling. Here are some of the symptoms of internet addiction. You may be occupied with the internet all the time, thinking about past and future internet experiences such as blogging, chatting, and browsing. There will be a gradual increase of time spent on the internet, and that usually leads to staying online longer than you originally planned. 
there's a failed attempt to stop or cut back on internet usage. Some of the withdrawal symptoms are discomfort, moodiness, irritation when not using the internet for a long time, willing to risk relationships, career, or educational opportunities because of internet use. This may include lying or hiding facts about personal use of the internet. The internet becomes the friend or outlet to relieve stress and escape from problems. Naturally, the results of internet addiction can be severe on personal relationships, careers, finances, and health. The Bible is very clear. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. 1 Corinthians 6.12 If I become a slave to the internet, then I should seek freedom from that new master by seeking the freedom I have in Christ. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. John 8.36 The best way to avoid internet addiction is to ensure that you are getting your full satisfaction and pleasure from the Lord and fellowship with His people. The internet will then be just a tool, not a virtual world for satisfaction. There's some kind of app out there that makes a virtual world for you. And I saw once on a program where a lady actually ignored her entire family and built a whole new family on this virtual world. And they would be all, her children would be in the home and the home would be dirty, unclean, and she wouldn't hardly feed them. And she was interested in her virtual family. This was unheard of years ago. We have a responsibility to our children and youth to create healthy environments in our families and churches to foster strong relationships and spiritually nourish the younger generations. If someone falls into the trap of internet addiction or if you find yourself thinking that maybe you're caught up in that, the first step to your recovery is to admit the failure. Then you must seek help from the Lord and quite possibly an addiction professional. A really excellent addiction program is called Reformers Unanimous. Reformers Unanimous. Look that up online. If you don't have a chapter near you, they're worldwide. If there's none nearby you, you can take the curriculum online. Internet also encourages laziness. With the abundance of spiritual resources on the internet, one can be tempted to be lazy. Why would you memorize verses if you can easily search for them online? Why would you dig into and study the Bible by yourself if there are abundant Bible commentaries online? Even worse, why would you go to a meeting if you can hear a sermon online? These are snares that come with the privilege of the internet. The wise man said, through sloth, the roof sinks in, and through indolence, idleness, the house leaks. Ecclesiastes 10.18 This is also true for spiritual growth. If we do not invest enough effort and time in our spiritual growth, we will not reap any results. The Lord's plan for our lives is not about gaining information. Rather, it's about changing our hearts and characters to be more like Him. This will happen by memorizing verses, as in Colossians 3.16 states not by simply searching for them online. So a good place to get memory verses from and an app is Memlock. That is M like Mary, E, M like Mary, L, O, K, Memlock. Go on Google and find that. They actually have cards that you can, that are small, kind of like an index card. And you they have picture images on the front. 
about a certain spiritual topic such as stewardship. I'm just going to pull out my cards here. And the one stewardship states there's a man on the front with a whole bunch of money. And on the front of it says, I have a lot of needs and I do want to get ahead. That's what man says. So it references the memory verse for that is Proverbs 11.25. The liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Proverbs 11.25. So Memlock is a, an app for your phone. And also there are physical cards that you can order in a book format. And then you could perfor they're perforated so that you can use them in your memorizing of your verses. This will also happen by personal Bible study. First Timothy 4.13 mentions that instead of just reading about the Bible. This will happen by personally attending and participating as is appropriate in assembly meetings, not just by filling our minds with good spiritual thoughts. What is the use of spiritual food if it does not lead us to congregational worship with the local saints? Paul was clear to the Galatians when he said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever one sows that he also shall reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Galatians 6, 7, 8. The internet is a good tool to enrich our spiritual life, but it has to be complemented with personal effort and time. Wasting time. It was mentioned before that one of the symptoms of internet addiction is the amount of time spent online and how it is usually more than originally planned. Even if going online is not an addiction for you, think of the amount of time you spend during emails, checking Facebook pages, or just browsing for a new gadget you want to buy. According to some statistics, teenagers spend more than a day per week online, 27 hours to be exact. Think about how many church meetings they could have attended or how many Bible chapters and spiritual books they could have read during that time. It is a time that is gone with no return. With that said, we have to be careful to distinguish between spent and wasted. If our priorities are correct and we use our time wisely on the Internet, we should have no waste of time, even if we spend many hours online. The trick is to apply Paul's hints in assessing things in our lives, including the Internet. First, we need to ask, is it helpful? All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. 1 Corinthians 10.23 there are many activities that we can do online that are helpful to us and to the saints of God. This is not a waste of time because it's used for building up. Second, is it addictive? All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. That's in 612. If going online starts to dominate my behavior and occupy my thoughts, I'm falling under addiction and I should stop this time-wasting activity. Also, one of the dangers is it's easier exposure to sin. This is the most commonly realized danger of the Internet. With the benefits of having many spiritual resources free and accessible comes the danger of also having dangerous materials free and accessible. The most dangerous of all is Internet pornography, which is a $3 billion per year industry. In spite of its clear danger, statistics among Christians are very alarming. According to Covenant Eyes, 64% of Christian men indicated 
they they watch porn once a month. The danger on our youth is unprecedented. Nine out of ten boys and six of every ten girls are exposed to it before the age of 18. We can try to build cages to protect our children and youth, but that alone won't work since 70% of them acquire their online behavior from their parents. The danger is there and it's real, but we but what can we do to protect ourselves and our children? First, we have to realize that watching porn is a sin. It is an act of adultery. That's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, and in an unnatural way to attain sexual excitement. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. Hence, the Bible instructs us to stay away from it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. Watching porn causes wrong excitement, and that messes with our bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. And as a sin, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And it does not bring glory to God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And also the Bible states in Psalm 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Pornography is from the Greek word pornographos, which means the writing of harlots. It may be defined simply pornography is the theory and rape is the practice. In the United States, it is a, it's basically, I stated 3 billion, but it's um, 10 billion. I misspoke earlier. The types of material which have been found to violate federal and state obscenity laws are now distributed in drugstores, grocery stores, convenience stores, gas stations, video stores, neighborhood shopping centers and malls, on cable TV, and over the phone. And of course, it's found on the computer and other electronic devices. Research clearly demonstrates a direct link between pornography and bizarre antisocial behavior, sexual aberration, sexual violence, pedophilia, which is sexual abuse of children. The FBI investigations, plus records of many law enforcement agencies, testify that pornographic materials are involved in large numbers of lust, murders, mutilations, rapes, and ravages of women and children. The battle of pornography is part of the war of the flesh against the spirit. Pornography is Satan's fruit, bitter and poisonous, but enticing to those who are corrupted by the lust of seduction. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. Pornography is coming from an evil and carnal heart. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye. All these things come from within and defile the man. Mark chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. The internet just is a breeding ground for pornography, and it's born of lust and thrives on lust. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James chapter 1, verse 15. Pornography degrades that which God created in his image. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. It brings man created a little lower than the angels, as referenced in Psalm 8.5, down to the level of animals. Pornography is an affront to God. 
Pornography is in direct violation of God's law. For example, adultery, Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, and Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32. Carnal desire, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 and 19, and verse 21 and 22. Also in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. It also displays bestiality, Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 21, and in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 23. Incest, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 6 to 9, and Leviticus chapter 20, 11 to 14. Rape, that's in Deuteronomy 22, verses 25 to 27. Sodomy, that's Leviticus chapter 18, 22. And Romans chapter 1, verses 26 to 27, and child molestation, Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Pornography is a cancer that destroys the enslaved person's soul because it embraces the false religion of humanism, which changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their bodies between themselves. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not convenient, which means proper. That's in Romans chapter 1, verses 23 to 32. As a Christian, we must exercise Christ-centered self-discipline. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 to 25, we must put off the old man, which is corrupt, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him, Jesus Christ, that created our new self. God's word is clear. We are to abstain from everything that appears to be evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 to 22. We are not only to refrain from the evil act, but also the evil thought, the seed that produces the evil deed. Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. We are to promote and support that which is true, honest, pure, lovely, and of good report. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. As a Christian, we must resist without compromise evil lusts of the flesh. Paul instructed Timothy, be not a partaker of other men's sins. Keep yourself pure. 1 Timothy 5, 22. We are not to be associated with the peddlers of corruption and their wares. Be not deceived. Evil corruptions corrupt good manners. 1 Corinthians 15.33 And the way to gain victory with lustful thoughts is to make sure you are a child of God. His spirit dwelling in you will enable you to overcome the temptation to think on lustful things. One of the best ways to deal with lustful thoughts is to memorize scripture. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, 9-11 Also pray and ask God for help. Sing a hymn. Avoid books, movies, magazines, and other means and places that feed your mind with lustful thinking. Purpose to think on things that are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. We have to understand the dangers of this. 
and it generates a special addiction. It has severe results, including a continuous feeling of guilt, the loss of self-respect, the failure to have a healthy relationship with the opposite sex, and the destruction of one's marriage. Also, addiction leads to escalation, which may lead to violence and criminal behavior. Third and most important, we need to be occupied with the Lord. We all know that one who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 7. If we're satisfied and occupied with the Lord, we won't go hunting for cheap pleasures from the enemy. For our children, there are many tools on the Internet that can help provide parental control. But there are only tools that can help. The best assistance we can give them is to plant the word of God in their hearts richly so they can experience Paul's admonition to the Thessalonians. Test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22. And we need to be pure in heart. As in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus taught, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Are you digitally sanctified? The internet has already invaded our lives and we have three options on how to react to this invasion. The first option is ignoring it. We can avoid using emails and social media pretending the internet is a completely evil thing. This approach might work for a short period, but it will cause a big gap with the younger generations. The second option is to completely embrace it. This means we jump on every new app, check every new website, and post every detail of our lives on social media for the whole world to know. This approach will negatively impact our time, security, and spiritual life. The third and my recommended approach is to harness it. This means we use the internet in a controlled fashion. Instead of letting the internet control our time and heart, we should control it to get the best benefit while avoiding its dangers. As I mentioned, the internet is a tool that we can use for good or bad. That's how you're listening to this podcast today. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for that. But we should consider all aspects of our life, including the use of the internet, as ways to honor and glorify God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 Verse 31, and I ask the Lord here to help us to be wise. We need to be wise, be instructed, and serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Psalm 2, 10 and 11. And the Lord is saying, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 32 to 33. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 13.20. I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil, and the God of peace will crush Satan shortly. Romans chapter 16, verses 19 to 20. There is a battle for our minds, and the internet is one of the ways where Satan is getting a foothold in that area. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, and verse 20 through 22 and 24, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then shall you say unto thy son, we are we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 
And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. And that's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, verses 6, chapter 6, verses 20 to 22, and Deuteronomy 6, 24. And this principle, which the internet helps to take away too, is family discussion. Um, is seen in Exodus 12 concerning the Passover celebration. We can imagine that these conversations within the family, particularly as a result of the Passover meal, were pleasant occasions filled with much joy, laughter, and serious thought. Real people were talking with real people, and older ones were guiding the young ones and answering their questions. And I wonder how much this pattern for the family is, is followed today in these internet-saturated Christian households. Such interaction is important since it's the way God has designed us about which he has given us instructions to follow in his word. That the New Testament follows the pattern is evident in the way the Lord spoke with his disciples and how Paul commenced the family life with Timothy. And I truthfully believe that the internet has messed up many uh, family lives. There are children who are always on their phones and don't even have conversations with their family members. In the community, the equivalent of today's university professors paid atten attention to the needs and instruction of the young. Even the Lord Jesus was hearing them and asking them questions. And in today's society, young people are always tapping away on their devices. They're alone in a shadow of what's real. Without true human interaction, the world of the electronic media is a place of fantasy. Crafted by men to make money, it is addictive and destructive. Yet, yes, there may be a sense in which we may empathize with a message from a friend or even with a character in an electronic game, but the feelings are not real, like the sorrowful spoken words or the tears of a dear friend, sibling, or child. How sad is the attempt to interact and to relate to an image? It mocks the genuine warmth of human interaction. We are not designed to be continuously alone. This is why. If we ignore human contact and only watch an image on a screen, we take in sights and sounds, but we don't engage our imagination. And that's tied with our intellect, emotions, and deepest feelings. And we may find ourselves using internet, internet too much, and we may find ourselves in a solitary place. Rather than uselessly watching something on a screen, reading a good book full of human experience, especially the Bible, can be a great benefit to us. The people who own media companies are ordinary humans. However, most of them, along with journalists, actors, and media hosts, are in the pay of the wicked one under whom the whole world lies, 1 John 5:19. They have many on internet and on different game systems, many video games. Many of the games today are full of violence. And our young people are also seeing countless immoral images. We risk having children who grow into adults and see other people as objects to be used, abused, and discarded. We don't want our young exposed to many things they see, but prevention is difficult in our perverted, depraved, and ignorant world. The electronic media is here to stay, and it will be put to even more disgusting uses to control the thinking of the unthinking planet. We must remember that when Satan takes a stronghold, he takes a stronghold. And so there's a warning in the Bible from Paul, the God of this God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
When Satan tested the Lord Jesus in the wilderness before the start of his public ministry, he offered him all the kingdoms of the world in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 10. And the Lord did not deny that. So he is the God of this world. That's why it's so incredibly wicked. Further, we are warned about the means through which Satan is able to deceive even the elect. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. 11, that's chapter 11, verses 13 to 35. For the sake of the coming generation, Christian families ought to see that more time is spent together on in person and together not on the internet. Don't be in the same room and text someone in the same room. Go and have a conversation. Or if you're in the same home, go to that person and have a conversation instead of sending a text message. Particularly for young and old people, time now time spent beforehand watching TV is now spent on the internet. Electronic games should be replaced by plenty of healthy outdoor exercise. No one of any age should be wasting their time with what is available in the electronic media today, especially Christians. The tools of the world may be used with care by the ambassadors of the kingdom of God, which includes the Internet. Blogs and social media afford an opportunity to express the Christian point of view on topics and to present the gospel. Biblically sound messages are available for all through various television and internet resources. But we need to honor our Lord and Savior in all we see and do to his eternal glory. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, we need to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. And then whatsoever we ask of him, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. First John 3.22 Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. I would just like to say thank you for taking the time today to listen in on the internet, the blessing or a curse, and talking about the integrity of our people, our our families and children. And I just want to say, I don't know who all is listening here today. I don't know what your relationship is with the Lord, but I just want to share with you something. There is a refuge. A fire in the extensive, extensive plains of the North American West is a horrendous thing. Like many other places in the world, those who live in that region experience months of drought and they're on alert and in suspense until the seasonal rains come. Meanwhile, every appearance of cloud or smoke is the object of intense concern. If the dry grasses ignite, the wind-driven flames advance violently and devour vast areas along with everything in their path. Terror takes hold of both man and beast. Many trapped, powerless, and defenseless have perished as their properties were reduced to ashes. But others have used a simple but ingenious escape plan. They burn the areas all around them, a controlled burn that leaves an island of burned grass where they can calmly and safely take refuge while the flames pass. Where there is no fuel, the fire does not come. Of course, this plan must be put into effect urgently and with all haste before the fire arrives because lives are at stake. 
There is even a more terrible fire, infinitely more terrible that threatens this world, the judgment of God. The Bible warns the heavens and the earth are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition, destruction of ungodly men. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7 and our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. But he is also compassionate and has provided an escape. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, as the only refuge. God ignited in his son all the horror of the fire of his wrath. We read in First um, Peter three eighteen: Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. That's 1 Peter 3.18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. He who believes in the son hath everlasting life and he who does not believe the son of God shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. And that's in verse 36. Christ is the only remedy for those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. There only awaits a fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which is righteous anger, which will devour the adversaries. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 27. But today, God still waits and pleased with you because he is long suffering, which is patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. Don't you want to surrender today before such a compassionate and pardoning God? If you confess your need of a Savior and accept God's offer of salvation, surrender to him as Lord, has Lord. he will receive you as his own child. Then he will not condemn you as an adversary in the burning of the coming judgment. I would just like to thank you for listening in today to this podcast. And I ask you to tune in next week at the same time on Resilient Christian Radio Network. I really am blessed that you spent this hour with us today. And let us pray. Father God, thank you for this time together, helping us to learn things that you would have us to know from your word about the Internet, whether it is a blessing or a curse. Help us to rightly do the things that you would want us to do on the Internet, utilizing the blessing that it is and stay away from all the things that are curses within it. In Jesus precious name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for your time this week. And may the Lord bless you and your family until we meet again next week on Precious Pearls Ministries Radio, where we share the Blessed Bible and the Blessed Hope. When you discover the kingdom, it is worth everything you have to give up because you gain eternity with the Lord, the creator of your soul. And without him, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. How precious is a pearl. How precious a soul is to God. Thank you for listening to Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. This broadcast is copyrighted by Precious Pearls Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.